Disclaimer, the following program features language not suitable for all audiences, and the expressed opinions found within this program are a reflection of those who feature on the Pop Culture Effect podcast. Welcome to the Pop Culture Effect. I'm Rockin' Rob, and on this show, I bring my closest friends together to talk about all of the news happening in our pop culture world around us. Welcome to the Pop Culture Effect. I am here with my two friends, Blaze. What up? And Gemini. Hello. The topic pertaining to this episode, with how much different kinds of reactions certain fans are giving to both the movie industry and the streaming industry, I think a good thing to talk about is hope. Whether that's good or bad hope, we're going to find out. So, Blaze, talking about hope in this type of environment, what kind of hope do we even have for the Flash movie? (laughs) little to none i must say also i feel like it's come to my attention that am i just the movie nut in the group at this point because whenever i have something movie related to discuss i am the only one in the group that has actually seen it well i I think you are you are the one that has the most availability for time to go out and watch the movies I don't think it's that. I think it's probably he just probably enjoys seeing movies more than the rest of us. I mean, for me, yeah, I'd like to be able to go out and see movies in theater, but I, you know, um, sometimes I don't have the time, but also, like, I have to drive, like, a good 25 to 30 minutes away to the closest theater, and I don't want to do that all the time. And, you know, gas is expensive. Movie tickets are expensive, and not not many of my friends like to see that stuff. And the ones that do are busy as shit, so I don't want to. I don't want to go to the movies by myself. See, I just hate all the other people you interact with when you're at the movies. See, for I me, I have it very lucky for me. So, for one, my movie theater is like less than ten minutes away. It's pretty exactly. much a straight shot there. And on top of that, uh, I have a special VIP membership with my cinema, uh, yeah, where I only pay idea. twenty bucks a month and I get three free tickets a week. That's, uh, okay, so that, that explains really it. That is I, cool. I, I abused the fuck out of it. Who wouldn't? Anyway, but, uh, about the Flash movie. Yeah, going back to what I was talking about, the Flash movie. Visually? Actually, I don't want to say visually because the CGI in it was really bad as well. But story-wise, <laughs> the Flash movie was really good for a DC film. But all the shit that is going on around this film is making it completely tank in the box office. Is that one dude still, like, the main Flash? Uh, I don't know if Ezra Miller is going to continue to be the Flash after this movie is done. I know the director... uh, The director is very dead set on making Ezra Miller be the only Flash. He's even stated that he only sees Ezra as the Flash... Kind of like, you know, we see Steve Rogers as, you know, cat, like the ba- like mm-hmm. the base Captain America. To, um, RDJ is like, you know, OG Tony Stark and all that jazz for the MCU at the very least, you know. Yeah. We have Grant Thompson right there, though. Thompson? Grant Gustin. Oh, Grant Gustin. Oh, well. <laughs> damn. But, uh, yeah, the Flash um, movie with Ezra Miller surrounding the whole controversy of all the allegations that have got put on him has made a lot of people not want to watch the Flash movie, and it is showing in the numbers. Uh, honestly, I don't mean to cut you up. On, like, real quick, honestly, I thought, because I don't know actors' names, except for the certain ones that I, like, obsess over, which is, like, two. 
Um, <laughs> I honestly thought that the dude who played the Flash in the TV show was Ezra Miller. So that's why I was a little sad. It's like, he, he, he kind of nice to look at, you know, so that's why I was sad. But I didn't know it was like Ezra Miller was some random other dude. Honestly, I don't he, I don't see him as the Flash, if I'm going to be honest. I see it as that dude from the TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, the TV show Flash, Grant Gustin, he is by far a better Flash he, he looks a lot closer to him, and his acting is really good for the character. But besides the point, uh, the movie was projected to have been put... The budget for it was projected around $200 million, which mm-hmm. usually adding in uh, the money they have to give the, the theaters for the tickets, the portion of it, and also marketing, usually it's double of what they put into it. So they need to make about $400 million just to break even. That's before they can even start making a profit. That's ridiculous. And The Flash has been out for over a week now and is still only at about $140 million. Ooh. Ew. Yeah, it it was supposed to make... It was projected by Warner Brothers that they were going to try and make uh, $70 plus million on the opening weekend. And they only made 56, which is less than Black Adam, which only made 68. And on top of people not wanting to watch it because of Grant Gustin, the people that have watched it are very much dissing the CGI and VFX that are in this movie because it looks very rushed and chopped. If it's a scene that you think was made in like a week, it's because it was. There was a few VFX artists that actually worked on the movie that posted YouTube videos discussing how rushed they were to make this and how little profit that the companies were really giving these people and the time needed to make these CGI effects look good for the films. As long as it makes money, they don't care how bad or how quick it looks. That's um, not how you do it. That sounds like the gaming industry to me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. freaking... Like, so many movies in the early 2010s have so much better CGI than these new ones that are coming out because they actually put the time and effort into them. I mean, at least it's at least DC is kind of mirroring how Marvel is handling their CGI nowadays. It's just all kind of mid. Yeah, the, the VFX artists have um, gone online a lot and said that Warner Brothers, Marvel, Disney, they're all going hard core rush hour on these uh, VFX companies and s- there's so few of them left anymore that it's rushing them so bad that they're overworking them and they just don't care. Yep, sounds like the movie industry. But uh, that's pretty much all I got for the Flash movie which is a cluster at the moment which really sucks because I was hoping for this. The Flash is my favorite DC character and the story of this is great but everything behind it, it just makes me hate the movie. Yeah, I love the Flashpoint paradox in the comics. Like, I absolutely love that story. And I just feel like they... I just feel like with DC now, with all their current day, whether it's like a live-action movie or or one of their animated movies, they just kind of misrepresent comic stories and kind of just... Like, I get the whole adage of wanting to make something new and, like, change it enough to make it unique. But, like, these stories are amazing, like it's just it's just so frustrating as a comic books fan yeah i thought the tv show was good that's really all i know i'm the about the flash i'm gonna be honest because i used i um i would watch it like when uh, my mother would have it on a couple years ago and such and it wasn't bad i've never really gotten around to sitting down and watching it myself 
but the episodes I would um I would peek in and kind of watch with her, you know. They were great. From what I heard from the fan perspective on it, everybody loved it except for like the la- the latter like I want to say third of the show because that's when kind of the quality dipped down a little bit. That happens with a lot of TV shows. The first couple like I'd say the first season or two, maybe up to season 3 to 4. If it's a, like a long running show, it's, it starts out good, like, you know, first early seasons. And then as it continues, like, say, uh, you know, whatever they res- like the issue was in the first half of the series was, you know, it's resolved. And then they got to try and figure out what to continue to keep it running because it's doing good. And then like it just tanks in quality, usually because they're starting to run out of ideas yeah. and such. And that is that is a tragedy for a lot of shows, not just like in not just The Flash, but a lot of shows have suffered from that. Especially shows that we all know have gone a little too long. Yeah, and a lot of that really comes down to the studio itself because they want it to keep going for the money aspect. But half the time, the directors had a plan for how where they wanted it to end, but then had to keep stretching it out. You're listening to The Pop Culture Effect on CJSW 90.9 FM. Speaking of content and IP that just literally won't die... One of the most quintessential video games of the modern era, Minecraft, has been getting a lot of other game releases, a lot of other attention, but uh, Gemini, I I know you had looked into something that honestly to me seems a little weird when it comes to how to to present Minecraft. It's a stretch because apparently... Uh, they, I think they don't have a full projected release date for it. That at the very least, two thousand or two thousand twenty-five. But at the um, in August of this year, they plan to start filming the live-action Minecraft movie. Which mm, when I found that, I was like, "Excuse me, wait, wait," because <laughs> okay. like I just. And here's the other. Here's the other little kicker tidbit. Guess who will be showing or starring in this movie? None other than Chris- Jason Momoa. My guess was going to be Chris Pratt. No, I think he's kind of in Nintendo's pocket right now. But, uh, frickin' Jason Momoa? Mm-hmm. Is he playing Steve? No, actually, as I was re- going through my article again real quick, apparently they claim that Pedro Pascal will be Steve. What? Oh, okay, I mean, like Pedro Pascal, but that is a... this. It, is this at least going to be animated? Please tell no, me this live is live action. It. It's, it's live action. action. It's, it's all oh going to be live action? Oh my god. Live action see- Minecraft movie. Oh god. Well, it'll, that- it'll probably do CGI. I mean, all live action, quote unquote, have a CGI. Like, no, here's the thing no movie doesn't have CGI anymore. That's fair. That's the thing. So, there will be CGI, of course. Like, CGI is pretty much like a staple in movies. This is more of like a cost thing, though, because I guess it's cheaper to do that than have like actual, like, to pay prop artists and such tragically but it's it's a it's a way that movie like movie producers and such cut corners but anyway yeah apparently um they plan on i think in new zealand it said in august of this year start to plan filming and shooting the live action minecraft movie which we don't have much information aside from the fact that you know it's going to start jason momoa and matt berry from great expectations and supposedly pedro pascal as steve um, the producers are, uh, Vu, I'm gonna mess this up and I'm very sorry, Vu Bui, I'm not too sure who that is, Roy Lee, Mary Parent, Lydia Winter, John Bates, I, these are some names, and John Berg, 
and Allison Schroeder, who um, worked on Frozen 2 and Hidden Figures, is the scriptwriter. And then apparently, I think it is the director is Jared Hess, who did um, Napoleon Dynamite, Nacho Libre, Masterminds, and such like that. So, I mean, it seems like there's some talented people working on this movie, but the fact that it is a live-action movie of Minecraft, a sandbox... The sandbox game, it was the, like, grandfather of modern, you know, craft and survival games. Like, there's not really a story to it. Like, they've tried to make story modes and everything, like, you know, the Telltale Games story mode and all, and like that new, um, what is it, Minecraft Legends, I think, that came out like a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's not that bad, actually, for a game. Yeah, I haven't, pl- yeah, I haven't played it, but I've heard it's really good. But like, still, I don't see how you can make, let alone a live action movie about this. Yeah, I can tri- see trying to make an animated movie. Yeah, of course. Oh, definitely. But live action, it's got such an interesting style in the sense of its blocks, like cubes. It, it, it's yeah. like the FNAF movie. It's like that we understand being having a movie made out of. That can work. It has the story. It has the fandom. People actually wanted that. Who the f*** wanted Minecraft as a movie? Um... Yeah, it's been in... It's like they've been wanting to do this since 2014. Like, that's when it was first, I guess, uh, like, projected and, like, brought up probably by to some, you know, movie, like, directors and producers. Because, yeah, it's been popular for, well, almost 20 years. God, I feel old. Because mm, it came out, well, 2009. So not close, to, but still well over 15 years. It's been a very popular game for a long time. That old? That makes yeah, me it, feel old. Yeah, the first iteration of the game was released in 2009. So, like, it's an old game, but it's never, as as Robbie said, it never died. If anything, it's gotten more and more popular, which is great. That's great that the game has been able to keep up and, like, you know, still keep its, you know, its heat and its popularity and such. Especially with children, which I think that's the main, you know. Yeah. Uh, Though it can never keep a good side game, they always seem to die within the first week of the game coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of. That is true, but it's at least nice that the main core game is still able to keep its traction. But I was surprised when I saw that they're going to be, you know, they're going to start filming this really soon, like within the next two, like month and a half, two months. And so I am curious, like what they'll do for like a plot and everything. I mean, it's hard to say what they'll do, but at the same time, you kind of have an idea because it has to, I don't know. It's, it's interesting and strange. I mean, at least we know that the trailer is going to absolutely break the internet when it comes out. Oh, most definitely. I bet that, like, unless you probably more likely follow everything that has to do with Minecraft, nine chances out of ten, this is probably, like, kind of kept, like, kind of under wraps. Like, you know, there's, I think there's been a tweet or two here about it, but, like, aside from that, unless you, like, keep up with that stuff or, like, you know, you keep up with the people who are working on it. Not, not, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be, like, a, an internet-breaking thing when, like, you know, the first teaser trailer drops. Oh, yeah, definitely. And speaking on certain IP that's going to break the internet, I mean, maybe this is just me, but I absolutely loved the live, or I want to say live-action, but it's, like, live-action CGI, but the, the Sonic movie, and just recently... It was uh, it was made public that they are going to be filming the third movie in London, which I think is just great. I, I'd love to get a different kind of environment and a different kind of vibe with the movie. Of course, we're going to have Shadow in it from the... Bring my boy Shadow! I mean, spoiler alert for the second movie, but he was in the post credit scene. 
Uh, but yeah, that going alongside the Knuckles side series, I think that it's it's kind of another IP that's going to go the distance when it comes to like their their movie lifespan. I'm really looking forward to the Sonic movie, to be honest, just because like sure Ben Schultz isn't the best voice actor, but just like he how, does a good job. He does. He does a, I think I wouldn't say the best because there's more iconic ones that have done the voice, but he does a really good job for the movie. I wish we had gotten the Sonic voice actor from the old the old educational Sonic Says show. That that that's my Sonic. Oh God. <laughs> And real quick, I just want to say Jim Carrey is yet again going to carry that movie if he is still involved. Like, he is the best Dr. Robotnik. He, he is the Jack Black to the Bowser for this movie franchise. Oh, hands I down. Hope he does. I hope he does, because, yeah, like, you know, ever since then, I don't see anyone else who could play as uh, Dr. Robotnik as a live-action, right. you know, variant. And just before... Um, we pass it to you, Blaze. I just wanna I just wanna do one quick thing here because this is something that I learned about just recently. So to all who have seen Across the Spider-Verse, you included Blaze, it was revealed by the associate editor, Andy Leviden, Leviden, whatever however you pronounce it, that whether it was animation or the voice acting for jokes, there were different versions of the movie that were released around the world. Yeah, I did hear about that, and I actually saw some scenes on uh, TikTok where someone would um, have recordings of the movie in theaters and like show the two scenes uh, next to each other what was different. The main one I saw was there was a couple different changes of small little scenes with... Uh, Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hare's AI uh, character, Lila. Pay attention to her because some of their scenes are different in each version of the movie. I think that's absolutely genius for marketing because that just gets more social media clicks on it. That gets more attention on it. I I think that might actually affect how future movies handle that time. Like, I, I can't imagine how much of a workload that must be, but man, is that going to pay off in the long run? What I'm curious is then when it's released, like say eventually to a streaming site um, or even like the digit or like the hard copy variants of like the movie and such, like the DVDs and such, are they going to have, like is each one going to be different or are they going to just compile it onto one? I could see them doing a localized version and then maybe in like the special features they could have like a full section just based on all the differences that they've been making. I would hope so because like I will at that point yeah it's great it's cool and everything but it is a little interesting because it's like oh well, I have this version well I have this version it's just like well that that's a, I, it's a smidgel annoying but it's still cool nonetheless I think it's going to translate into the next movie I personally have really high hopes for it but uh, speaking of things that a lot of people in the internet world have high hopes for Blaze what have you got to say about Bleach a thousand year blood war oh I got a lot to say about that but before I get to that, one little last thing about the Sonic part. Uh, the Netflix just released a teaser trailer for the next season of Sonic Prime on Netflix as well. No way! Oh, I'm so happy to hear it's that. It's going to be heavy Sonic and Shadow Let's in the second season. I re- which also just kind of hypes up the third movie even more. Right. 
I remember early on it, when the first season came out, the uh, I, I don't remember which member of the team came out and said this on like Twitter or some social media, but they basically just encouraged people to watch it because if they if Netflix sees that more people are watching it, they'd make more episodes. And clearly now they've reached that threshold to get that second season. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, me too. It's definitely going to be uh, cool to see it. I hope it does well. We continue to get more Sonic shows too. But yeah, go into Bleach. Uh, June 8th, we are finally getting the second part to Bleach the Thousand Year Blood War arc, which is going to be a four-part series, which is the last part of the manga that will be animated for the series. Uh, Bleach ended... When did Bleach end? I think it was like 2012 when the last episode was made before they put it on hiatus. And when Thousand Year Blood War got announced, people lost their goddamn minds. One of the big three is finally getting its anime finished. The name's Gemini, and you're listening to The Pop Culture Effect on CJSW 90.9 FM. I could see that happening when, uh, when, oh god, when Fairy Tale eventually has an animated adaptation of the uh, Hundred Year Quest or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, hands down. All right. One thing I really like that Taitai Kubo is doing with the animation of this final arc is that he's also fixing a lot of not really a, more like nitpick things that he's fixed within the show, like some coloration of how some abilities work or coloration of some hair colors on some characters. He's taking a closer look at this and just kind of correcting little nitpick stuff. But one thing that I am really hyped about to see with this second part is that after part one started airing, Taita Kubo announced that throughout this series, he's going to be adding in extra stuff that he didn't get a chance to put into the manga because he was on a time crunch for a lot of this last arc. Oh, that's going to be great. So not only are we finally seeing stuff in the manga that we've been waiting to see animated, we're seeing new stuff that wasn't in the manga that Taito Kubo originally wanted in it. Well, that's nice at the very least. I mean, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Not continue. No, no, no. (laughs) I I, I was just going to say that, like, I know for a long time there's been a lot of people that I've known that have been super into Bleach and have been just waiting for this to come out. So I definitely feel like it's going to be quite the attention grabber when it eventually, like, actually comes out. Oh, yeah. I know for me... Oh, go uh, ahead. No, it's okay. I know for me, I might try to get back into it because, you know, I was really into it when I was younger. Uh, It was probably the second anime that I got into um, right after Naruto and such. And I really enjoyed it when I did, but I remember I kind of stopped watching it near the end of the Waco Mundo arc just before, I believe, Fate Katakura Town arc. It's still pretty good in the early seasons, I will admit. Oh, yeah, definitely. are dope as hell but i'd say the waco mundo arc and such was one of my favorite arcs like i just loved the concept of uh the aran cars and everything because mainly and a little bit of bias you know they were heavily based off of more like spanish stuff and everything like the names and such literally translated to like espada sword in spanish and such so like you know i really liked that i did not loved it so you know and that's coming to an end i was sad and then the tragedy happened and i was like ah whatever it doesn't matter (laughs) that is one thing i really did like about bleach was the contrast of races in it like you have the soul reapers were obviously japanese themed while the 
Spada were Spanish. And then you have now with the Blood War arc, you have the Quincy's, which are heavily German. I was going to say, yeah, weren't the Quincy's like German based? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're literally um, called the Von, the Wandenreich. Okay, yeah, that is literally Reich. That's a f***ing German-ass word. Yeah, I probably butchered the f*** out of that, but oh well. Speaking of something else that hopefully won't be butchered, Gemini, I know you were also looking into the Netflix Avatar series, which I don't even know how to feel about that, honestly. I also have mixed feelings about it because, you know, it happened. We try not to think about it. We try to ignore its existence of um, M. Night Shyamalan's dumpster fire of a movie and everything. And so, you know, with the fact that Netflix is doing a live action show of Avatar, on one hand, I'm hoping they do better. But I just in general have very mixed, more leading towards negative feelings about things being translated from animation to live action because of the fact that there's a lot of things that you kind of lose when you do that because you can get a lot of great characterization just from the design of the characters when they're animated and you lose that when they're portrayed live action and they have shown the actors that they've picked for it and it is a lot it is a much better uh pick of actors for these characters i feel they do slightly are able to resemble the characters they are portraying, um, the, ch- the child they chose for Aang does look like, you know, does look like a young child who could, uh, you know, who could pass off as a decent Aang and everything. And I have seen, and I, you know, they're not bad. Uh, I think they sh- uh, had released who is, I believe, going to be Ozai, which is, where did I, s- I just saw it. Um, Daniel Day Kim, I think, is going to be Ozai, which he does look like he could make a perfect Fire Lord and everything, like a good portrayal of him. But I'm still just nervous about it because of the fact that it's such a tricky thing. But they have, at the very least, released the names of the episodes of season one. And it does look like they are following pretty much the same way season one had went of the animated show of, you know, meeting Aang, going to Amashu. Um, and then eventually, like, the whole plot of traveling to the North Pole, it does look like they're keeping that. It's, um, you know, with episode one, it's called The Last Airbender. Um, you know, episode seven is the North and everything. So, you know, they eventually do follow, it looks like they're going to pretty much follow the show, the animated show, in a few less episodes, which, you know, makes me curious what they'll cut out. Probably some of, like, the ones that didn't really add a whole lot to the story. Um, ones that felt like mostly the leaf filler they're probably cutting out. Yeah, more unlikely, which, I mean, is fine, but at the same time, I feel like they still could get away with that because, yeah, acting is hard. Acting is a job. It's, a, it, you know, it's a lot of work, but, you know, animation also can sometimes be even more difficult because you have all that problem, like, all you have all that stuff that you have to do. It can take years to properly animate something but i know it can also take years to properly act something out so i don't know i really hope that it will be at the very least better than the movie but who knows it could flop it could do really well it could just kind of go mediocre like i said at the very least they are doing better in the sense of who of their casting choices I'm really hoping they do better in the pronunciation of certain names, such um, as Ong. Yeah, I really oh hope they do God. better. And also um, the, the delivery of lines, too, can be... And the action. The action was just so slow in the movie. Like, 
Yeah, I remember the scene God. in the what uh, the variant we do not like to discuss or remember um, of like I think when they're at the Earthbending camp or the, like the prison. Oh the God! The, the motions they were doing for the Earthbending. The Earth is an extension of who you are. As they're literally sitting in a pile of dirt. In, like, a quarry. And they have, like, like five people me. doing all these choreographed moves to move a single boulder. Yeah, yeah. like, I'm really hoping that... What, I'm, I feel like they will keep that, because that kind of was an integral part of the story. And I everything more, like that episode. I just hope it's more fluid motion. Right. Like, obviously, they put the, the hand up and the rock moves up. Now, like, they do a whole... You get to gesture for one rock to move. I can kind of see that, but the whole premise of the show, with even the animated series, is every bending style was a legitimate form of martial arts. So in order to get those mo motions, they had to perform, you know, these forms of men uh, martial arts. Like, I think waterbending was Tai Chi, if I recall. I don't remember the names for all of them, but I'm pretty sure waterbending was Tai Chi. So all of the moves Katara did was a form of Tai Chi, and that's how they were able to you know, bend. And I think there were a few instances where they just like waved their hand and they could bend, but nine chances out of 10, the only way they were able to really do it is if they went through the full motions. Yeah, but the difference is when you do the motions, there's a lot more happening on screen to elicit the fact that they're bending an element. Yeah, so at the very least, I'm hoping like, you know, if they do that, like they will still have the element moving with them versus they do the motion and then it's just like, woo, 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 woo. Yeah. Like a delayed like three seconds later, like while they're doing it. Yeah, that's great. Because like I said, it's almost like a form of like their, like their form of like spell casting almost. Uh -huh. But, you know, it's not because it's not magic, it's bending. I know that is literally like one of the first things that said in the first episode. But like, you know, it's still like that's how they are able to do it. So, you know, if they do it and it's fluid together, then that's great. If it's not and it's like live action first variant, oof. Yeah, which is why I do have hope for this one. But it's like on the fence hope just because of the fact that like, you know, it's failed once before and it was not great. So like the bar is quite low and I'm really hoping they don't manage to dig a trench under that bar. Right. Yeah. This will be releasing in 2024. So sometime next year, they don't have a solid date yet, if I recall, just like a, like a, a, a year, like a rough year's estimate, which is fine because, you know, if they need to, you know, push it back, that's fine. I would rather they, you know, push Delay. it back to like mid to late 2024 versus trying to pump it out in the beginning, the beginning of 2024. And it's like, ooh, this right. could have had some more time put into it. Yeah, there could definitely be that. That's the one thing when it comes to uh, like serialized shows, like definitely taking the extra time is going to be helpful for its overall just look and feel. You, you can mm -hmm. you can definitely tell when something's been just, like, <laughs> shat out, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. You're listening to The Pop Culture Effect on CJSW 90.9 FM. Speaking of situations that have been shat on, I really want to take some time to talk about this Rick and Morty situation. Not about <laughs> Justin Roiland and all the shit he did, because that's just... That's like a whole other situation, but I want to talk about the fact that the team behind Rick and Morty have revealed that, like, in the sense of storyboarding and the writer's room, they have up to season 11 basically done. 11? Which... What are they on now? Five? No, they, they just finished... I, I say just finished, but the, their most recent season was season six. Okay, okay. yeah, I don't, I don't watch the show, so that's why. I, last I knew, I thought there was a season four 
Five. Oh yeah, you, you've missed off. quite a bit. Well, I'm not a big fan of the show, so I don't really care. My ex would play it in the background. He he enjoyed that show, and I'm like, Ugh. that's fair. But yeah, um, another show that Justin Roiland had a hand in was Solar Opposites, and just recently they kind of explained away the voice changing where one of the aliens shot him with like a voice altering gun and it made him British but I just think that's kind of an interesting way of like we're not gonna know what happened for like we haven't even seen a trailer for season 7 for Rick and Morty so we're not gonna know how they explain it but at least we have kind of a a jumping off point of understanding how they could potentially explain it away I mean, have they even have they even announced who's going to be voicing them now? Um, from what has been said on like through interviews and stuff, they are steering away from uh, impressionists, and they're tackling it more in the same way that the character Bugs Bunny has been tackled, like with each different voice actor still sounding the same but having a different kind of. Uh, Give their own kind of take at exactly. it. Exactly, and the other thing they said about Rick and Morty is that they hold like they're. I think they're looking into having separate voice actors for both Rick and Morty, which I think is just going to be great. I think that's going to add to it a lot more. Less stress and work on one actor, though. If they are able to do it fluently and well enough, then great for them. Like Seth MacFarlane playing like half the cast and Family Guy, and then or at least not anymore, but. And, and then he the cre- did a phenomenal, phenomenal job in that. And the creators of South Park literally voicing like pretty much the entire cast of <laughs> yeah. characters, which is just hilarious. To be fair, it did start out with just those two dudes, so it, it makes sense. And then they probably just wanted to keep it that way, which again makes sense. I miss the cardboard aesthetic, man. Like I, I like how it looks now, but oh, it was just so nostalgic back in the day. Yeah, that's true. I will admit, like I didn't mind. I don't know if I watched all of Solar Opposites, but I watched a few episodes, and I think I didn't actually mind it as much as Rick and Morty. Granted, with Rick and, with Rick and Morty, that was more like the fan base that made me go, Eesh. Yeah, it was everybody Inside, around the, the show that You that were one like, of them. I, okay, at least I didn't go to a McDonald's and screech to the heavens about Pickle Rick. You weren't, but you were, like, literally every other day, be like, oh, dude, you need to watch Rick and Morty. It's, it's like, the greatest show ever. You need to watch Rick and Morty. It's the best hey, show ever. Hey, <laughs> Pickle hey. Rick. And I'm like, dude, calm down. I don't care. And you're like, dude, no, you need to watch it. And I'm like, shut the up. I don't want to watch this stupid show. And then all the fucking dudes out there are all like, oh, I'm just like Rick. <laughs> Pickle Rick. <laughs> Okay. I'm just like, oh. All right, I will admit... Your, your gremlin's showing. I will admit there <laughs> de- there definitely was kind of a... Kind of just, like, not not the best fan base for Rick and Morty. You know, they kind of just... I, I've, all, I've always hated the adage of... Uh, well, you need a 10th level intellect to understand it. Yeah. It's like, shut up. It's like, sh- shut the fuck <laughs> up. Those... Pickle Rick, and you have to have a high level of intelligence to even understand the Rick and Morty. It's like, dude, no, you don't. It's literally just dick jokes and crude humor. And all you need is like a basic level of understanding to even to comprehend it. Like a a child will laugh at that shit. Doctor Strange literally had a movie called Multiverse of Madness. I'm pretty sure it's pretty easy to understand the concept of a multiverse. I think that about sums up all of the recent stories that have been going on around pop culture. I would like to extend a thank you to my lovely guests gemini and blaze 
You're welcome. Thank you both for accompanying me through this journey. And thank you, listeners, for taking the time to listen to our little show of nonsense. And just as always, please feel free to check out all of the news and the movies and the series that we've talked about today. Make sure to check out all the other podcasts that have been going on on CJSW. And we will see you in the next episode. Farewell, audience. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Pop Culture Effect on CJSW 90.9 FM.